won't stop firing. I think I'm being followed. My dad is turning green, like literally green. My last nav check put me on the range point four. This is control, be radio. Keep calm and remain on the guard frequency. Sits and Civs, Captains and Commanders, you're tuned to the Guard Frequency. As all good pilots know, when you're out in the deep black, you want to keep one ear on the guard. This is episode 150 of the Best Damn Space Sim Podcast Ever, and was recorded on Saturday, January 7th, and made available for download Tuesday, January 10th, over at GuardFrequency.com. I'm Tony. I'm Lennon. I'm Jeff. I'm Ostron. I'm Kinshadow. And I'm Henry. All right, what do we have this week, Lennon? Well, a bit of everything, really. It's our 150th episode, so we decided that instead of recording the usual format, that we would bring you a mm, anniversary colossal mega edition of Garfring Sea, which we're going to go through uh, various live stream things. We've got a whole list of school articles that we're going to bring up, and apparently there's going to be a little bit of Elite Dangerous and Star Citizen. And then, yeah, uh, we've got a live chat room on the go, so we'll be reading out your feedback as we're ongoing. Well, that sounds great, so let's uh, just get into the show where we have a... uh... Uh, a few squawk boxes. So, uh, 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 Yi, who uh, submitted that first link there, take it away. The 2015 Japanese census laid out a frightening realization of the country. Its population is shrinking. In just the past five years, between 2010 and 2015, Japan's population shrunk by almost 1 million. It's an unusually high drop for a country not dealing with disaster like famine or plague. But while everyone is quick to blame the so-called parasite signals or the lack of immigration, Toyota is looking for a solution. The recent proposal? Robots. In October, the car manufacturer introduced the Kairobi Mini, a robot designed to form an emotional connection with a population that is getting older and not reproducing at a rate to sustain population numbers. This is actually a miniarized version of the original Kairobo robot. Sorry for my mispronunciation earlier. I was going to say, who gave Jeff Japanese names to read? Out? Yeah, that's <laughs> a mistake. <laughs> Which is a significantly larger and sent to the International Space Station to keep astronauts company during long voyages. It was also the first ever talking robot in space. For, for, for <laughs> okay. Now you, opening, you know what? You know what? I think we've got the gist. I think we've got yeah. the gist. All right. So, 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 robot babies. Now, I, I have a question here. This is uh, obviously, I mean, it's maybe too obvious, but where did the next babies come from? If we just have robot babies from now on, where do the babies of the babies come from? Do the robots build them? Well, no. If you read further on just below the video there, it says that the hope is that you'll get all of these people taking care of the robot babies, and then that will inspire their maternal, paternal, or gender-neutral ernal instincts throughout uh, the world. Uh, so this, the, the reason you jumped out right straight to that, Ostron, is, is I have a question for you. How many children do you have? Zero. Okay, see, that's the reason why that is a completely wrong idea, and you would have no idea of this because you don't have any children currently yourself. A child with an off switch is fundamentally superior to any other kind of child. Once you have this mm-hmm. version of the child, you will never, ever, ever have a real one. Never. I see. I saw Brian nod his head a little bit. Notice Tony's actual child sitting in the background. Yeah, Jim. Jim knows. Jim, 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 Jim. Wait, I'm sure he yes. hearing. Yes. Is this much different than a Furby? I mean, really. <laughs> you know, it's a Furby. It, it's a. Does it have a fur cover? I don't even think it does. Well, it's well, a you, you have Furby. you have people that aren't having babies, right, and that they're going to be able to 
get rid of their maternal instinct by having this artificial baby, isn't this actually hurting the problem that you have? Well, their theory is that it'll stimulate rather than sate the instinct. Right. And going off that, uh, going off what Tony was saying about having the child that you can switch off, if they don't realize that you can't do that with real children, maybe that is an appeal. Maybe that's what they're going to So, so well, technically you can do it. It's just sort of illegal. illegal. And <laughs> 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 well, you can switch them off. You just can't switch it back on again. Well, no, 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 no. There's a, there's a quasi there's a quasi legal version of this, which you know the, the, those of us who are also parents. We don't speak of that openly, but it starts with a Ben and ends with an, a drill. And occasionally that <laughs> that does occasionally offer some. I mean, it's it's a, it's a simulation. Uh, it, it, it's not a, it's not a full solution. It's a workaround. Let's call it a workaround. Uh, but yeah, I, it, to be fair, aren't yeah. there are also things like Xbox and PlayStation that have similar effects. Once they achieve a certain age, you can do this. My other daughter is eight, and she likes her iPads. She likes her American Girl dolls. She likes her uh, uh, Littlest Pet Shops. She can just do that stuff for hours. But it takes years, literally, to get them to that point. It's it, it's it's painful. It is painful. Sure it was. All right. Well, once again, the Japanese uh, solving problems we didn't know we had in ways that we're pretty sure might not actually solve the problem. So thanks, Japan. Although... One, one other, I will bring up one other point. It is significantly cheaper than a real child as well at $390. That is extremely I, true, yes. so Which I is, believe that at least in America, you blow right past that just by saying to the doctor, I'm pregnant. Yeah, yeah that's, that is that is accurate. So it's cheaper. It has an off switch. You can return it if it doesn't work right. I mean, there's probably a warranty involved yeah, here. Yeah. I mean, these are superior to real children in, in, in a variety of ways. And you can throw it out with no prosecution involved. Yeah, and yes. <laughs> of course, uh, yeah, uh, they won't take care of you in the old age. Oh, it's a robot. It might. They might. They might. Mm. Oh. You know, we're all talking about it as a replacement for children, and they're talking about it as a prerequisite to children. You know, and that's that's a little bit different. Now, that's interesting. A, like a test. Like some not really have dogs yeah, or plants. You, you want to have a you're thinking about a child. This is what you can do. You know, maybe not a test, but it's something to inspire them to have kids. I think it's a silly idea, honestly. I, now I now I'm all for it. I think you should have to get your parent license by by playing with this, mm -hmm. this mm -hmm. robot for a month. You this know? this is better. Be, I like. Can I do a class for that license, Tony? <laughs> <laughs> um, again, uh, there's there's uh, the Fifth Amendment comes into play here at some point. I'm going to go ahead and. Now they need to. They just need to tweak the robot, bring it to America, and require it for anybody that wants to actually have children. And that, but they tweak the robot where it cries just literally all the time, and, and you cannot sleep switch. at all. No, oh, no, no, no. They, they have that because there are there are high schools that actually offer classes where yeah. part of the curriculum is that they have these fairly sophisticated robots that will emulate. The, I mean, I don't want to down on it completely, but just being blunt, the negative experiences of having a child where it will require care, it will require feeding. It actually has like gyroscopic sensors that indicate if you've put it down incorrectly or left it for a certain period of time. And then all of that data in how you handle the robot gets recorded. It's downloaded by the instructor at certain checkpoints throughout the class and then your overall ability in handling the um the simulacra is 
part becomes part of the grade. And the future in this is now case, is what you're saying the future is now. So, oh yeah, and, but in this, in most cases with the schools, the intent is 100. percent You don't want to have this happen to you. Like, <laughs> yeah, <they> absolutely. Just, <laughs> I um, yeah. So I used to work for schools. Uh, a lot of my uh, career has been in IT, and I used to work for the school board. And there was one particular school that we had that had a, a bit of a. Uh, teenage pregnancy epidemic if epidemic is really the right word there and so they actually brought this in and they made every um it was every year nine girl I, i'm trying to think what that'd be it's sort of about 14 15 uh whatever grade that would be in the american system um have to take one of these babies home and look after it for 24 hours and like letters went home to the parents you're not allowed to interfere let them actually just get on and see what it's like to have a child and put it anyway the result is that actually it did work the teenage pregnancy numbers fell drastically after they had to take care of this rubber baby for like however long it was um but it also did lead to some interesting cases on the help desk where one of my tasks was i had to firmware update 45 babies which <laughs> is a category we had in the system anywhere so that's great you know what is interesting what about all these programs that are deterrents for people having kids and then these people grow up and then you know people wonder why there's a decrease in population and it's because you've scared them into not having kids but then that's what that's what these robots are for they're to counter that absolutely like, hey, look, look how cute kids are they've got big anime eyes and you can throw them in all the problems stomach. can be solved with robots yes. I, I agree I'm, I'm I, yeah, yeah. this is mine you know I'm, I'm a roboticist myself i'm really into that but i think it's a silly idea so th that's what you need the firmware that's in these robotic babies that you're given as a teenager is adjusted based yeah, on the population updates. growth of the country. You, 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 it's mo <laughs> well, mode update, switching, so. mode switching. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and you can even slide it up a scale. Like, we just want to nudge it. We just want to nudge it. It's going to cry 20% less this year. This year, we're going to just 20% less cry. <laughs> this is this. We've got it, guys. Once again, right. I love the we game need, we're building. We need to draft a proposal and submit it to the government. Yep. Tony, you are, you've already got, you know, the ends. You know all those people. Right? Uh, yeah, yeah. They, they're all answering my phone calls. Sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I'm, exactly. Thinking, I'm looking at Henry, man. I'm looking at Henry. He's got his little robot right there in the corner, man. We got the hardware. We got the. We, we, my big we got robot. This. Yeah, yes. See, we, I love the game we're building, and this time we're, we're actually going to conquer the world this time. We're going to build real-world stuff now. That's fantastic. That's good. Just, hey, just Henry, Henry, so long as you're not covering it with flesh, I think we're good now. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Definitely not. So, uh, so who, su who submitted the, uh, the second article there? This one's about uh, a white Christmas carol. AI's yeah, attempt they, to yeah. write a, a Christmas carol. All right. Google's computers are very sophisticated, as we all know. Um, you know, they a lot of the time uh, they know the traffic in your area better than you do. They've got uh, their mapping technology is crazy. They can do facial recognition. Uh, the Google Assistant that is built into all Android phones now is incredible. And all of this relies on their neural network that they've created, where basically they can look at something like if you had a picture uh, that just had a number three on it, so it's just very like big and curvy, they divide it up into subsets and they look at little bits and then when the next time it sees a number three it can match 90% of those parts and then it learns the other 10% and then you show it another number three and it matches it and it learns it. And so the more iterations you give it, the better it can actually take the components of an individual object and reassemble them. And of course now these days it can do it with, like I was saying, faces, voices, and it can even do it with Christmas carols, apparently. So what a group in Toronto did, uh, I believe it was uh, researchers at the university there, but I don't know what it's called, so I'm going to call it the University of Toronto. They um, fed a load of Christmas carols into a Google-style 
neural net to try and get it to compose uh, a song. And the way that it did this is it listened to hundreds and hundreds of hours of Christmas music. And then they showed it a very nice picture of a Christmas tree, very nicely decorated with sort of like a big frilly base and a load of presents around it, and said to the computer, okay, using this scene, come up with a song. And as you can imagine, it went about as well as making Skynet sentient. It was a <laughs> terrible decision. The tune it produced was just whilst from a, from a musician's we standpoint we will do it will it will appear very very shortly i'm going to give everybody a break so that they can listen to it and then there'll just be 15 minutes of silence whilst we like <laughs> contemplate our new road overlord while, while we ponder the implications of our imminent demise exactly and uh yeah so the tune is it's very rhythmic let's just put it that way but it's very grating and it's kind of got that um uh what's that scene where the uh, psycho where they're being sh stabbed in the shower sort of going on in the background there it's a really uh, intense thing um and the lyrics are just i've i've seen better things come out yeah. of jeff i don't i don't know why so. but it says uh aperture science yes <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly there's it. cake at uh, the end yeah, okay <laughs> almost there's, there's actually lots of flowers, which makes it weird. So, yeah, I think we should take some time out. And if we uh, we'll go to the website that's there, and for the listeners that are listening to this on Tuesday, luckily, I'm just going to splice it in right here for you to take a listen. Do we have the ability to play it over the live stream? No. Well, Tony might. I, I could, I could, but it would involve me restarting voice meter and trying to plug everything back in again, and that didn't go so well. I, don't I know think we're probably so. okay. Yeah, it's probably yeah. But yeah, uh, I mean, or, that, or that song is not okay on any. No, no, the song is not okay. <laughs> the song is not okay. Yeah, this is. I, I feel like remixing this, like like turning it into like some sort of power ballad or something. There are probably a whole bunch of EDM enthusiasts who are way ahead of you. Right? <laughs> it could be, or or it could be like a sweet, uh, sweet, brown, sweet brown from you know. Ain't nobody got time for that, you know. Like uh, auto tuned and everything. It just needs to be retuned. Uh, yeah, I can, I can see a lot of like trap remixes and uh, maybe some dubstep and sure, yeah. Well, and, and this is you know, referencing our earlier discussion. If my child had written this to me. I would nod and smile at them and say, that's very nice, and then remove any musical instruments from their reach forever. Like, <laughs> this knives. is not a thing you should Don't be give them knives. Either. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, like let, that bass that's in Lennon's background there, that would out. No, oh, you just, yeah, clearly. Okay, I, ha I have an idea. Maybe this is stepping over the line, but perhaps yeah. we should sing this to the audience. Yeah, that's so over the line. Yeah, that's way over the line. <laughs> that's that's like, the right oh, and that's oh. why Lennon's going to do it. Oh, he's let us know. No, he teased. He teased us. He teased us. He's, yeah. Yeah. It, it is terrible. It's so discordant. It's like, that's happy. This robot. Well, so. I think 
I was actually thinking about this. I believe the problem is most likely that for whatever reason, and I don't know how many of you have a background in music, but a lot of Christmas carols for some reason are written in minor keys, which that's true. For most of, that is true. For most of the Christmas carols, it works because of the tonality and the lyrics. But outside of that context, minor keys are usually things reserved for like funeral dirges or the music <laughs> to be played when the slasher is chasing you down the dark alley at night yeah. on the movie. Yeah. So I. I think the problem is that they took it took all these Christmas carols. It was like, oh, so minor key is where we live now, and it decided to do this. Well, this is a, it's the classic garbage in, garbage out thing. They gave it the wrong input. They gave it bad input. I don't know about that. I think the problem is that it doesn't have context for what it's saying. These things are pattern recognizers. They're the same as the image recognizers. Yeah. You know, I've done a lot of studying with TensorFlow um, and, and other tools from Google, just working on my robots. And what I've learned is you can teach a robot to speak, but it's not going to understand the actual context of a given yeah. word. Well, you and if you give it Mein Kampf to start with, I mean, geez, it's going to come up with something a little dark. It's going to, I mean... Well, the, well yeah, you're the, absolutely right. You're, they're programming it to stay in that key. You're absolutely right. If you look at the lyrics, I mean, these things are technically sentences, but almost none of them make any sense in the context. I mean, it has the word Christmas and stuff like that in there, but like, I mean, if you if you... If you were just to read the sentence, it sounds like something that was translated from a foreign language uh, back and forth like three times before. Yeah, yes, yes. Uh, macho business donkey wrestler. Yeah, it's the Jimmy right. James thing. Yeah, yeah. Which, that was, although this is this is still an improvement upon what Microsoft did a while back. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <Yeah. laughs> we did With that. We Twitter did that story. Oh, that was good. Yeah, what did the, the, the Twitter bot? That was fantastic. Yeah. I think that yeah. the Twitter bot had a quicker comparison to Hitler than I've ever done for Tony in any of our shows. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, largely thing, true. Uh, that was, this is yeah, this is correct. Yep, yep. Um, I I think you know, looking at the words, like you said, it does uh, has written sentences, but they don't necessarily like make a lot of sense. I'm wondering if we were to like give it a dramatic reading, if that would enhance it at all rather See, than that's just... That's an actually interesting point. The way that TensorFlow and the Google tools work is you can feed it, for instance, uh, conversations that have happened between IT support and clients, and it'll it'll take those conversations so that it, when it hears a question from a, a, a client and they're saying, hey, we're trying to uh, connect to the internet, it's going to know the response because it's going to hear a pattern similar to something that it's been that it's processed before and it's going to know what to spit back it's not going to know what it's saying but it's going to say the right thing a lot of the times it's hit and miss though i mean these things are pattern recognizers and the input is always different because it's going to vary from user to user so they're not ever going to be precise but because data gets bigger and bigger and, and more data accumulates they'll always get better and better so yeah, what we're seeing now is baby steps and it's yeah, very it's exciting we just have to be tolerant of the fact that this is a first step. Yeah, building off of that, um, how many of you are familiar with Magic the Gathering? Oh, I've never yeah, heard of that. No, I, no, no idea what you're talking about. No yeah, clue. okay. Never. So somebody built an AI interpretive program and fed it all of the magic rules and every single card in production and then basically said, make new cards. And they distribute the results on Twitter and they essentially they have like three versions of the AI running one is just complete bare bones 
One is like after a few iterations where it's been given feedback about what makes sense and what hasn't. And then a third one that's been through even more feedback. And the early one spits out these cards that are just absolute like golds of word salad. Like it made up completely new um, rules that made absolutely no sense and put them on the card. And then, you know, it's like one of them was uh, a condition of a an effect going off was sacrifice target player. And (laughs) 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 but then it got to the um, when you get to the more sophisticated AI, the one that's had like several iterations of operation and it's gotten feedback for a while, it puts out cards that when it they're sent out to Twitter for people to analyze objectively. A lot of people say, okay, a lot of these are like overpowered or they don't quite fit the meta of particular colors, but they're not unplayably ridiculous cards. There's just like a card an amateur might make or somebody who had not played very much magic before. Right. So, yeah, something that, that needs a little coaching. Right. As opposed to, okay, the game doesn't even work like this. You can't sacrifice a graveyard. It just doesn't work. Yeah, but with enough coaching, you would develop a system that would make decisions as well as we do about what should be on those cards. It's really about how much data you can cram into it. And it's not even about retaining that data and taking up space. This is about uh, tuning the pattern recognizer until it's better. So the same size program with the same number of neural nodes doesn't grow, it just changes as you feed it input. The weights between the nodes change as you feed it input. Yeah, so the, the, the same program just gets better. Yeah it, yeah, it knows to prefer certain paths. Yeah, and anybody can play with this stuff. This is free with Google, it's TensorFlow. You write a few lines of Python and you can have a learning neural net that does what you want. It's very good tools and they just came out last year from Google. What we need is a neural net that makes space sims. That you know, we've got one, one, one frequency. Creativity is the great thing that comes from a neural network that you don't get with a traditional computer program. They're just not rigid. We just feed it in all the guard frequency podcasts and out the other end comes the space sim that we designed. That is a fantastic idea. Yes. I'm 90% sure that would result in a space sim where you are controlling the pirates. That's yeah. I mean, very old. Of course, yeah, yeah. It's it's really just Flappy Bird, but you're trying to collect Fruity bars. <laughs> and actually, no one's ship. Their port side thrusters would never stop. Yeah, they, yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. Just a continuous, a continuous right hand turn all the time. Yeah, Everybody's dads would turn green as well. That's the other thing. Yes. <laughs> Well, maybe right. maybe we'll hold. We'll cut off the intro. We won't. We won't do the intro. Everything else will stay. We'll, but we'll stop the intro on that. Okay. Well, I, I hate I hate bringing this back to the actual subject, but I was I'm reading the words in my head here to this Christmas song, and it almost sounds like Edgar Allan Poe. You know, it's got a very like poetic, dark minor tone key. To it. Uh, well, stuff I mean, in the 1800s. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that, without without the music itself, just reading the lyrics, you know. Think about um, the recent uh, uh, Christmas and all the gifts that were Amazon Echoes or or our oh, gosh, yeah. computers. They're, they're getting more and more. I mean, I bet you if you asked your Echo and say, Alexis, send me a Christmas song, it would probably, you know, go out and find one and and, and sing it for you. But, uh, you know, the technology 
uh, is really what, what it'll say is here's a sample of a Christmas song. Please pay one ninety nine. <laughs> Five so Yeah. Would you like uh, to hear the end of the song? <laughs> uh, all right. We beat that one to death. Let's move. Let's let's go to the next I one. Think let's go so. to the next one here. Uh, die Christmas die. Yes. Well, I mean, we're already in the new year. Christmas has been long since dead. All right. So this one is about uh, something new in your gut. This is this was news to me. I, I've I've read on this, um, and it's I think the term "new" here is something of a misnomer. Well, because Da Vinci um, found it or something, right? Yeah, it was originally postulated as an organ by Da Vinci in some of the um, drawings he did, um, and then afterward, people who said, "No, we know a lot better than you," said it wasn't an organ; it's just actually a whole bunch of separate pieces in the body that happen to be in proximity to one another. And now they're swinging back to saying, no, this is an organ. Oh, okay. Yeah, kind of, kind of. This is the, um, I, my connection dropped slightly somewhere. This is the um, the mesentery. Is that the one? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's basically, um, if someone's already explained this, sorry if I'm retreading old ground, I heard the thing about Da Vinci, but um, uh, this is um, effectively, it's like the, almost like the membrane that holds everything together. And there's, even though a lot of places have come out and have, like, the, um, I, originally, um, sorry, I'm trying to remember the article. That was it. It was published in The Lancet uh, not that long ago. So people are now taking it as fact that this is an organ, but there's still a lot of uh, other medical professionals out there who are not entirely convinced that the, um, the membrane that holds together all these pieces should actually be classified as an organ. So even though it's been published in The Lancet, it is still very split through the community as to whether this should actually be a thing or not right so so i guess the question is lennon lennon what does your gut tell you um well, <laughs> oh! well yes right right now it's telling me that i should have eaten dinner is what it's telling me to our podcast hell i mean really is it is it just filler or what yes it's filler good <laughs> one he's oh, filler nice for your gut nice no, the most important thing here though is the quotes in the article are from the university hospital limerick so yes. there once was an organ from Nantucket. <laughs> Go on. Go on. <laughs> Who brought home a duck? Just sorry. No, uh, well, uh, family friendship. That's right. It's after hours, like in, uh, in in the UK, right? So Lennon can work blue oh, at yeah. this point. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm good. Point. Yeah. You know what this reminds me of is the argument of whether or not Pluto is a planet. It's not like it was discovered that Pluto wasn't a yeah. planet. It's a reclassification based on yeah. what we think about the information we have now. You right. know, it's not, I don't think it's really a discovery. I think that just speaks to bad headlines. Well, I think the uh, <coughs> the, the argument here headlines. is that the argument here in the article is is that they don't they didn't quite think it did anything separately from the rest of the digestive system. Yeah. Where. I think now they're saying, okay, these things together do something that has a, a separate function than the rest of the digestive system. It, it, it adds to it, but it does something specific. So I think they're, they're, the new research is, what does this actually do that's different from the rest of the intestinal tract? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a point of classification. My wife dissected cadavers in college and stuff, and, and, she, and I said, hey, they, got, they found a new organ in, the, in people's gut. She's like, what? What are you talking about? I said, the mesentery. And she's like, 
That's not an organ. That's a sack. It's a thing. It just, yeah. it's just it, we throw that part out. They make us look at the liver and the kidney and the gallbladder, but that's just extra. And she's yeah, she was confused by this, but I think that's yeah, I think that's I think that's what, what's going on with that one. So we 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 are we through or we we through with the guts of this one? Are we done with this? Hey. Hey, okay, all right, I, all right. I feel that we've not had enough like stomach based puns yet. Have you got any more that we can? <laughs> I can't stomach any more of them. He's full. Yeah, just full of it. Okay, all right. That that's good. Hey, enough of this. Sh- okay. Um. So uh, this mesentery. Yeah. This enough of this mesentery. So uh, one thing that happened over the vacation was uh, my pet little fighter that I like uh, to uh, to discuss. Uh, oh, the, the scorpion. scorpion. The scorpion just completed the production model. Just completed its first uh, flight. So this is going to be what's going to go into production. Uh, it was uh, just just before Christmas. They've got uh, they made some changes to uh, the exterior a little bit. They simplified the landing gear. Uh, new avionics package went in there, and it still looks like an F-14 and an A-10 had a baby. I mean, that's basically still uh, yeah. still what's going on there. And the Air Force, we covered this a while back. The Air Force has started its uh, uh, certification process that they've never done before. Uh, the Air Force has never tried to certify a plane that it already hadn't already ordered. Uh, in, the, in the past, but uh, now they're going to see if they can actually get this uh, certified, and they anticipate that once it happens, people will might uh, will probably start ordering it because it'll have a, a airframe certification, which right now it lacks. Wow. Um, not that I want to turn this show even remotely political, so apologies, I will just say this a little bit and move on. Since a, a tweet went out by a certain president-elect, didn't the uh, share price of uh, Lockheed Martin Boeing, whatever that company name is, just absolutely plummet along with the F-35's hopes and dreams. What, what's fun with that, what's fun about that is that it wasn't just, uh, it was Lockheed Martin and Boeing. Uh, they both yeah. got, yeah, Boeing was Air Force One. Air Force One cost too much. Uh, Lockheed okay. Martin, the F-35 cost too much. And I don't think he said anything about the Scorpion, though. So I feel that's like what we're I safe mean. to that's talk good about news, it. right? Yeah. The F-35 had a little news, too. I didn't put it up in there, but uh, apparently there uh, Maybe in response to that, maybe in response to that, uh, the revelation uh, is that uh, the the test pilots are able to talk a little more publicly about what they've yes. what they've found, and uh, they're all basically saying, no, everything works pretty darn good, and if we're in a dogfight, we're doing it wrong. Uh, so you know, we're uh, if we're everything is uh, one one anecdote was that, uh, and we might have covered this. Um, they had to in order for the uh, for them to even do a SAM missile test. They actually had to turn on some sort of transponder because the radars couldn't even find them. They're like, we're trying to shoot you down, but we can't even, like, not <laughs> find you to shoot you down. You're, are you even here? Are you late? You're late, aren't you? You haven't taken <laughs> off yet. Have you, like, click, and they flip their switches on. They're like, oh, there you are. And then, uh, then they switch them off again. So, yeah, so it, it, it's, it, this little, little, little airplane that could uh, might actually... Uh, 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 see some uh, some interest after they get this uh, certification, and they're they're ready to start pumping them out here in good old Wichita, Kansas, USA. How expensive are these supposed to be? Like they're twenty million dollars a pop, cheap at twice the price. And we we have you know we have low standard living here in Kansas. Running water is a new thing. Uh, Buffalo, right outside my back door. You know it's it's cheap to make stuff here, so low price. But compare that to the to the cost of a single F thirty five. This is an F thirty five landing gear, essentially. Yes. This is like yes. you know, this is this is the racing stripe option on the backside. That's 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 what this is. That's what a scorpion is. 
yeah, that's uh, it's a uh, very, very, very inexpensive. So, all right. Yeah, it would be good real to actually see. Um, hope- uh, speaking of real life fighter planes, how do you guys feel about automation and the unmanned uh, fighters that we have now? Not really fighters, but the drones. You know, the armed drones. What do you feel about that in combat? I, I think they probably got to put those Japanese cuddly robots in the cockpits of them. I think that might be best. <laughs> you know, it might be running yeah. the same firmware. Who knows? I, I think that uh, drones have their place in our modern combat, uh, but they do have a, uh, but they're a limited space uh, in my mind. I still think that the real life and death situations that require pilots on in the uh, cockpits of most aircraft in 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 larger or or very different scenarios. Um, I don't see drones replacing our our um, our air force in any time any time in the near future. So you don't think we're going to get uh, to the point where it was like in that Star Trek original series episode where there was a, a war going on between two places and uh, uh, supposedly this place got nuked and so Spock had to report to the suicide booth because huh. it just became a war of automation um, and people just reported for death as well. Like, uh, no, science fiction, science fiction aside, I don't ever think we'll ever get to that point. It's, I don't know. It's, it'll become that. Carols, man. It'll become yeah. like like that movie where all all nations decide. Well, all weapons now are mutually assured, so we're going to settle all of our differences with giant robots that battle each other and just obey the decisions based on these competitions. Where's that article? Who's who? This is we've dropped the ball, <laughs> gentlemen. Because surely there's been an article about that one. Because there isn't there a competition two teams? There's there's an actual competition. Oh, yeah, no. yeah. We we covered that yeah. in a squat box a while ago, but it I don't know that whatever production show that is has finished. So yeah, that's a thing. And that's not actually a military application. That's a gimmicky show, I believe. Yeah, well, the, they're they're shooting like giant paintballs, so it's. I mean, but you know, but the principle holds, right? I mean, you could you could do this. You could do this for sure. I'm more concerned about the escalation of nuclear weapons and the fact that we think that we need such things to to be powerful. Yeah, one day we'll get to solve these problems without fighters. We'll get to sit down and talk about them, and that'll be enough. But until then, we can play games like Star Citizen and blow stuff up and have a fall. Yes, that, that'll be <laughs> yes. One day, one day, one day, we'll all be playing Farmville and only Farmville, and and that would be it. In Star Citizen, that well, that's like a stretch goal, right? Right now, right now, Farmville and Star Citizen is a stretch goal. With you know, yeah, let's not give them stuff the idea up. because then you know the next live stream they'll say, "Well, we were going to give you Star Citizen, but we did the Farmville module, and it's great. We want to show some of that." No, they've already planned it. It's three point two. Three point two. I'm not joking. That the three point two, I think, is is farming. Is it is. <laughs> I think you're right, but that's funny. But still, I mean, that's that's going to be you know. That's going to be cool. The more they can do to give you things to do in that universe is going to be fantastic. So who cares? We need farmers. I'm not going to be one. No, I mean, me neither. Yeah. No. I don't know. I mean, I, I've taken to doing things like running passengers around in Elite, and they're pretty boring because they're like, I want to go see this place that's 400 light years out. You jump them out there, and you literally jump in the system, and they're like, okay, let's go back now. It's like, seriously? <laughs> seriously? I've come all the serious? Whatever. Passenger so, missions are one thing. One there picture. are ways to play Elite without combat. You can go out there and just explore, have a good time. I yeah. talk to someone blue in the face about it, but there's a lot to do out there. Yes, well, I'll tell you what, why don't, uh, why don't we shift gears? So the first thing we'll do is we'll talk about seeing as how we're the best damn space sim podcast ever. Uh, so we talk about space sims. Yeah, let's talk about some space sims for a while. And and I want to talk, start especially talking about Elite. Henry is mentioning so many, many things to do. 
recently, there oh, has yeah. been added one more thing to do in Elite. And Henry, since I interrupted you to, to, to transition and segue, I'll just throw it right back to you to, to talk about the newest and hottest thing. Oh, there's, uh, there's great news in Elite. The aliens are finally here. People are getting interdicted, traveling between systems, pulled out of hyperspace into deep space, and then completely shut down and uh, scanned by these massive ships. The, the ships that we've been finding crashed on planets all over the Merobe system and in, in uh, uh, gosh, Sufi, I think it's called. Um, we're finding them everywhere, or at least three of them, and now people are getting pulled out of hyperspace the way they used to in old Elite. Um, people have managed to scan them. Uh, it seems to be happening randomly. I don't know that anybody has been able to just trigger it reliably, so it seems to be random. Um, but it's very interesting right now. Very cool stuff going on in Elite. Yeah, so is that what you were talking about oh, there, yeah, Tony? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, it was uh, uh, <laughs> me and Skiffy and Shiv uh, flew around for well, probably an hour or two uh, in the in the right z in the right region, right in the zone where where we try we we jumped between systems. We had artifacts or not artifacts. We had fragments and not fragments. We had all of us just tried a bunch of different things. Never got it to hit. And then I go on Reddit. I went to Reddit even. That's how excited I'm about wow. this. Um, yeah, uh, and 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 in there, uh, people said, "Oh, it's happened to me twice. It's boring now." I'm like, dude, this is not fair. I mean, come on. I want to. I want to get zapped by the alien beam. Uh, so you know, it's, you know, near rope, it should happen. I'm I'm way too far away to get there right now. I'm still way out in uh, uh, near. I'm out past Bernard's Loop, hanging out. Wow, that's a, yeah, that is out there. Yeah. So no, that so big news. The uh, the Thargoids we think are are here now. Um, I don't it's know. got to be, hasn't it? Surely. It's got to be Thargoids. It has to yeah. be. Yeah. We're not saying it's Thargoids. But it's Thargoids. But it's Thargoids. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> so two fun things. Uh, one of them I, is, is, a, is a thing I, I saw again on, on, on Reddit. Um, the, the, there's the symbol for the Galnet, the, the, the system. <laughs> the, and I'll, I'll put it up. Uh, you know what? Here. Hey, because we're a video podcast, I can show you. I can show you these things now on the video because we're, we're, we've crazy. got a video. It's crazy. This is I mean, I had to put up pants for this recording and everything. Yeah, yeah. So I can, you know, so uh, on the video, you know, for those of us on, for those of you on the recording, I'm sorry, but uh, you, you just have to use your imagination still. I'll still paint no, a no, picture. We were supposed to wear pants. Um, yes, pants were important. O only if you're from the future. That was the rule. Silver pants. Yeah. Oh, just silver pants. Yeah. So cool. it, it should be on the stream now. You should be able Space to see. Pants. Yes, you should be able to see this galnet symbol here uh, on the left hand yeah, side right under my head. That's basically the shape of the alien ship. So you know, futuristic conspiracy theories now. Uh, yep. Yeah. So there. That's that's a fun. That's a fun little uh, thing that they're that they're uh, doing. And the other one. Uh, now that I, now you've given this. So it's basically an eight-pointed sort of flowery star kind of a thing. Um, now the other thing that that struck me immediately, outside of that, is any, any Kurt Vonnegut fans in the room here? Uh, Breakfast of Champions. Anybody? Yeah, sure, we'll go with that. Okay. So, Sam might be pushing it, but yeah. Well, uh, so, Breakfast of Champions, uh, in the book, uh, and Kurt Vonnegut was known for this in, in real life, too, he uh, was uh, drew an, aster an asterisk. He liked to draw the, uh, just an asterisk with the eight points on there. And uh, it, he frequently signed his name with it. He, you know, just, it was just one of his things, one of his trademark uh, symbols. Because in Breakfast of Champions, he um, likened it to um, a, a closed sphincter. <laughs> so it was his way of gently insulting everybody or calling himself one of 
those yeah. sphincters. Uh, and so basically, uh, elite is now, um, anal probing us. That's what, that's, that's what I took out of it from this because of the Kurt Vonnegut asterisk thing. Yeah. Or I mean, they're, they, it's, 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 it's trolling on a meta level here. Is, yeah, thank you, you. Thank you. Maybe it just means the aliens are going to be buttholes, man. That, well, yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe they're going to be no, no fun to play with. It's like there. that. It's like the flag from Community, right? Or yeah, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. The the Greenwood human beings or whatever. The 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 yeah the the stick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Mm. Well, you know, it's, it's symbology, it's symbolism. So I think I'm thinking this is you know this is we're, we're doing you know tinfoil hat conspiracy theories because that's part of the lore. I mean, they're they're part of the lore is that they're. Like there's some sort of like some people know shadowy figures in the government know about the Thargoids and it's all been a big cover up or whatever. So I'm just throwing more fuel on that fire with the whole Kurt Vonnegut thing. That's speaking my contribution. Of, speaking of law, I do like the way that Frontier have actually been replying to tweets and things when people have been asking them, you know, like, oh, is it true? Are there aliens in Elite? And they've actually been replying like in an in-universe kind of way, um, saying things like, Yes, certain commanders have reported unusual sightings. We're investigating these, and we'll let you know as soon as possible. And just things like this. That's kind of uh, cool. The way that they're Frontier's playing is called... great for that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think one thing that is sort of a testament to this and their level of greatness is um, they like this whole thing has been approximately eighteen months to two years in the setup alone. Yeah. Um, you know, we first started reporting on it way, way back in Guard Frequency, how people were finding random little bits of uh, crashed ships or um, unusual alloys, and it's all been leading up to this. And it's just the the dedication to the slow burn on it is something I can really appreciate. It actually makes it feel like a living universe rather than just any other game. Yeah, we had a great the conversation question, about that a few episodes ago. Absolutely. The real question is, was... Was Frontier planning it to be planning it to be that slow, or was it just it took a development long time? time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that is that is the question. But either way, they've played it well. That's the that's the key thing. Yeah, doesn't you know, matter if Pee-wee Herman, I meant to do that kind of a thing. I meant to do that. Yeah, you yeah. meant to do that. <laughs> Interesting thing. They uh, they had waited for somebody to find the first crash site. Apparently, that had been in there in the game for a long like, time, since the beginning almost, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and and then uh, the when somebody version. found it, they were like, "We can't believe it took so long." And then they were giving clues through that in-game messages. Saying, Hurry up! Um, yeah, I thought I thought that kind of took took me out of it a little bit. I mean, I, I didn't like the idea that uh, some faction within the game had found this and was saying, "Give us a bunch of liquor, and we'll kind of tell you where it might be." I thought that was kind of out of universe and weird. You know, they wanted they had community goals to get. Um, I think to deliver liquor to uh, not not even a community goal. You deliver liquor. To I remember this. Yeah. And you get a clue as to where to go look. Isn't that what Christopher Columbus did when he discovered the new world? What's that? <laughs> that was before he left. He was like, "I want all these things to get me oh. to go on this trip. You got to do all this stuff for me." I think it was before. Yeah, but yeah, the, the, bri- the bribery order was there, but still bribery. Yeah, no, you're you're, you're right. No, but yeah, yeah, but yeah. It's it's there. There was uh, by hook or by crook, they have been planting these seeds in there, and this one. They had planted apparently in the last patch, and then just didn't turn it on until just now. So I, I kind of think, and I like, I like them for the slow burn on purpose. Like actually, yeah. I think yeah. they actually plan it this way. Yeah, um, Skiffy in the chat has said that Colonia is a good example of something discovered too quickly by players in the game, uh, Jacques Station. Yeah, yeah, I, they they put this stuff out there. I think that added a lot of gameplay for a lot of people, giving us a goal to reach in the distant deep space 
you know, something to strive for besides going to see the center of the galaxy, besides going to Beagle Point. It gives us a destination and it sets us up to have, you know, a safe harbor out there when you're really far out, you know, and it's going to be distant from wherever you are. But it, adding a second bubble, I think that adds a lot of gameplay and it took a while to get there. But and I don't think it was too fast at all. You know, I think it's good that it was found so people have that that destination to set set out for. Right, but I mean, but they hadn't planned for it. Just it's like the opposite of the other thing we were just talking about. You know, where they found people couldn't find the alien right. crash. They're like, hurry up, people! They expected it to be longer for for Jacques Station because it was just so far out there and so random. And the fact that it was discovered early was unplanned, and so they had to sort of scramble and and, and figure out what to do with it. So yeah. I think I think. I wonder if other games will learn from these these lessons in ED and do do similar things because we have aliens in in Star Citizen that we know kind of exist but will not be there in the beginning. Um, things right, like the guys the on the other side of the Banu or whatever, or the other ones. The Kurthak. Yeah, they're they're basically the theory is they're kind of like the Mongols, right, to the uh, Xi'an China, and so the idea is. In theory, they'll come bursting out at some point and kill lots of people. But I assume that um, they'll do some sort of prelude up to that, because that'll also be post probably sacking of, of Earth if that happens by the Vanduul. Um, but but all of those things that you know are post Sig release, right? Which we don't know how long that is out. But um, the hope we're into the fives that, at that point, right? Maybe the sixes. <laughs> The hope, the, the hope there is that they learn some of these early lessons from the way Frontier is doing these things and take the things that work and don't take the things that don't. Well, that was, yeah, so that's, that's the big Elite Dangerous news uh, this week. So, uh, well, so Actually, actually, I yes. think the big Elite Dangerous news is that I've started playing it again. Well, so that's huge, really. Clearly outranks the aliens. I, I mean, well, I mean, there's aliens and there's Lenin. There have been Lenin sightings. Uh, there have. There have been Lenin sightings in, in the I occasionally blow up. It is good. Yeah, well, it's very visible. <laughs> Yes, yes. Uh, so, so Lennon, what, what, uh, what, what hauled you back? Probably my charm uh, what, what, and good looks. I'm sure. I'm positive. That's yes. Uh, what, what hauled me back? Sorry, I, I, a bit of a language barrier there. I knew you were trying to speak English. I just couldn't comprehend the words that you were saying. <laughs> um, what hauled me back? It was, um, uh, it was a combination of, um, strangely, playing Star Citizen 2.6, um, and then realizing I wanted to do more jumping between systems. And I was like, well, loads of people that I know do still play Elite, so I just decided to jump back in. And then uh, when I tried it out the first couple of times, it's really fun experience. But as I equated, it was like the lake was like an inch deep, but like three miles long. And now I'm finding that I can't quite touch the bottom. They've added a lot more uh, depth to the gameplay, um, even though that they've added um, things that are, are very similar. So like you've got cargo runs and you've got passenger missions, but they're not quite the same. I mean, the, the mechanics largely are the same. You pick up a thing, you fly to a place, you fly back again, you know, you're done. But it does play out slightly differently. And just other things like the UI is ever so slightly polished from when I played it last. And it's just all of that has just helped give it this edge. Whereas before it definitely felt like I was playing a first release. I was playing an alpha product. Now this is like a solid um, sorry, alpha, not an alpha product at all, like a beta product. Um, this is now a solid release. It's Everything just seems to work there. You can actually pick a career path and go for it and yeah it actually feels again with this whole slow burn on the aliens like a living breathing universe and it ultimately is something that i hope star citizen can live up to but until then we've got elite so well said yeah absolutely well i think i, I, th I think that they're going to provide different types of uh, gameplay i mean again the, the idea that uh, 
Elite's more of a, a sandbox, and Star Citizen's going to be a lot more of a theme park. I mean, I think that that design yeah. choice was baked in from the very beginning. You know, 100 star systems versus a simulated 4 billion star galaxy. So I think they have Elite has really improved their new player experience, but I oh that too. Every, every time I get into it, I, I still want a little more handholding than I get. <laughs> I, I, I get in there and I play around for a while, and I, I do some cargo runs, and I'm like, okay. But I kind of want some more without having to go out and watch a bunch of videos and read a bunch of websites to find out what's yeah. the next thing to do. Yeah, they they're uh, you know for our our other podcast, you know that other show, whatever whatever it's called, that's having a 300th episode. Priority two or something like that, isn't it? Uh, whatever it is. Uh, yeah. That we uh, that'd be priority one podcast there. Oh, that's right, priority one <laughs> podcast. That's right. Yeah, mm. that, that's that's the other one. That's the other one. Never heard of it. Throwing shade at my uh, Starfleet buddies, man. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, for all the shade that Elijah is throwing at me over that's true. Yeah, this is this is just, and again he never he won't listen to that's this, so point. won't even hit him. So, uh, uh, but uh, but the the uh, uh, Al Rivera is the, the lead designer over at uh, Star Trek Online, and we've had dozens of conversations over the years. And one of the things he goes to uh, talk about is the devil horns. When you have a game, there's a big spike of people who leave an MMO right after they get through the tutorial or finish the basic mission. They just they, they fire it up, they try it, eh, and then they, they just go. They're like, eh, it didn't work out for me. And there's another big spike of people that leave at the end game when they run out of things to do and they get bored. Well, Elite's been doing a lot of work um, and worked constantly, I think, on the second Devil Horn giving people more in-game content, the engineers, the aliens appearing now, um, you know, polishing up the passenger stuff, you know, do it, making the UI more livable. All these things are helping with those in-game retentions. They really do, like Brian was saying, they need to work on that beginning because there are still a lot of people trying it out, getting frustrated at docking and undocking, getting frustrated, like, now what do I do? We had uh, one of our mutual friends uh, just jumped in today, ran out of gas. Because he yeah. wasn't sure about the whole uh, uh, refueling mechanic versus getting too close to a star and how do I jump back out again? And, you know, he was very frustrated. One of our guys went out there and brought him some fuel. And, you know, hopefully he won't quit. <laughs> so uh, that's. I think this is the key thing, though, is it's the difference between um, something like Star Citizen, which um, at the moment, certainly, and I'm sure that this is the eventual plan, has a, a much more arcadey feel, whereas Elite edges more towards the simulation side of it and i think unlike an arcadey type game where you can just jump in you know with your gun you can run around and kill a few things you know where your ship is you can do whatever um with elite much like anything else that's like simulating real life and this isn't just a shameless plug for it i promise but the other thing that has massively helped me get back into elite is having the guard frequency community um, there, you know, there's no question is a stupid question. You can just, uh, it, somebody out there does know the answer, and I don't necessarily feel that it is up to the game to explain everything to you. And just being able to put a quick message out in the chat, like, hey, what's the difference between a 2C jump drive and a 2E jump drive? You know, I have somebody say that, like, oh, well, the E means this and the C means that. And, and then you kind of develop a bit more of a conversation where they then say, well, I use this, but, you know, you could use that. And that's an equally valid setup. And you just get all these, um, connections that you then build up in the game and having that sort of community side of it really does help i feel that star citizen is probably going to go for more of the um sort of like jump in no need to really uh join a community per se i mean i i would never 
say to not join a community i think gaming communities are great but a lot of games you can just jump in do your thing get out a lot of mmos these days are famous for actually being massively multiplayer online experiences where you never need to encounter another person or rely on another person or ask another person questions because you can go from start to end completely solo and i feel that elite is definitely more of the the multiplayer aspect and it expects you to rely on your players totally agree that they need to up the tutorial though so. well uh, one one example would be like mining that i had uh, i tried mining out recently and for the most part okay i blast something off there i go pick it up it's fine in fact i think there might even be a tutorial for that basic part but then i run in situations where okay one hopper's full and i don't have a ship that has the other part i don't even remember anymore this was a couple of weeks ago but and it took me forever to figure out oh no i have to eject what i have in order to process what i etc and, I, and right. it, it would have been totally fixed with like a change of label on the buttons, you know, things right. like that. Where, or they're very, there are certain parts of Elite that are, are that are almost intentionally arcane. And I think they could do better in just streamlining user interface and, or giving you, um, you know, a helper mode. Say, hey, maybe you should go over here and try this out. Or here's the different, some things you could do or whatever. Now, Star Citizen's yeah. not even to this point. It may not actually be better. And I kind of disagree with you, Lennon, in some cases that Star Citizen's How meant to be arcading. Star Citizen has arcading modes, and those are those are great fun. But I think the end product is probably not going to be as arcadey. Um, one thing I do hope for Star Citizen that we just simply don't know yet is it does have a method for helping you through, you know, getting you from the beginning to some sort of uh, basic flow of gameplay before letting you go into the sandbox, right? And I don't Ken think- Ken from Chicago really... says that's gonna be Squadron 42. Sure, I mean, well, that'll give you that'll give you the flight stuff, right? Yeah, not mining, and... not trading, probably. Exactly, it's not gonna give you taking cargo Farm from down. one or the other, or, or should tell you what the difference is between a small and a medium wormhole, things like that. Um, we don't know what Star Citizen's gonna be able to do for that. Uh, my hope is that when you go to the star map in Star Citizen, it'll tell you, you know, oh, you can't go through these wormholes because your ship's too big, right? Instead of yeah. just leaving it to you to figure out what the hell's the difference between these ship yeah, sizes. You fly in and disintegrate size. because you've got your ship is too big for that wormhole. That would be that exactly. would, that would be Yeah, with no message about what happened. Yeah. <laughs> just an explosion. Yeah. <laughs> That, that would be very elite, honestly. That would be very elite, yeah. The yeah. penalty for loitering is and death. And then elite would hand you a bill for your insurance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, say, oh, you wreck oh, the edge you of a wormhole. Ship and you only have $5. I guess you can't buy another one. Yeah. We're charging <laughs> you to repaint the edge of the wormhole. You scratch the paint on the edge of the wormhole. That that costs money. You, you have to pay yeah. for it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Here's your RTFM tax. Yeah. <laughs> but you're absolutely right. Elite would definitely benefit from more in-game instruction particularly as it pertains to those components that you have to buy. You know, you guys are talking about the differences between A, B, C, D, whatever. That's ridiculous. There is no documentation that tells you one is typically lighter than the other. You know, you have to that's look at That's not entirely true anymore. That, find them. No, that's not entirely you know, true anymore because I, I just signed up for something. This is, this is actually an excellent, excellent point, Henry, because I just signed up for a Guard Freak account. So we could have a guard freak instance. You know, Lena was saying about the private group. We'll yeah. talk about that in a second. I have yeah. some potential announcements. Um, but they actually will send you emails now, and it's they've got, it's kind of in character. Commander Orange Sky or something sent me an email to the guard freak account that said, "Hey, you know, you might be thinking about upgrading your ship at some point. Well, you might want to keep these things in mind. A is good for this." You know, D is lightweight, blah 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 blah. They had a little chart and the whole thing. So I think I think they hear that stuff. I just it would be nice if it was in game though, like you were saying. 
Yeah, why can't we have an in-game database in our in our ship? You know, a computer database in our ship that we can access and see the things that are available for our ship, and you know, maybe where we might find them—a list of not a list of direct systems to go to, but you'll find these kind of things in high-tech systems. You'll find these kind of things in agricultural systems. But give us some kind of in-game database to play with, something so we can learn. Yeah, I, of course, I, not for me. I mean, we've been playing for years, but yeah. for new players and. New players definitely suffer in elite. Uh, and one other thing that was kind of fun about this is that they, one, that maybe they'll help here is that some players on on Reddit were very excited that about the alien contact, not because it was alien contact, but because it appeared that they had a, they had finally figured out how to reliably execute scripts in the game in, in, in an instant situation. Uh-huh. Because if you if you watch the the videos of the alien interdiction, they all run the same, and the, oh, the, yeah. the spaceship comes from the same basically you know relative position over the cockpit, and it winds up, it does the same turn, the engines you know stop at the same place, it scan the beam goes the same spot, and then it flies out in the same direction. So it's all so that that uh, that scripted encounter would be really useful in say a tutorial if you're going to meet like another ship that's going to show you how to mine stuff like like Ken Shadow was saying or if 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 you wanted to find out uh, 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 scooping uh, uh, cargo or engineering materials you know hey this is how you use your limpets let's now follow me to this next thing and you go to place to place to place uh, all right well let's see we've uh, we've got we've got almost uh, probably an hour and change an hour and 15 minutes of yeah. raw audio so that's going to that's a good length of the show uh, that is, except yeah. we haven't done the Star Citizen crowdfunding update, which, uh, as of seven hours ago, was 141 million. They've broken wow. through. Wow! So, yeah. Um, if you can think of 141 things to spend a million dollars on, um, let us know. The email address is school. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you dare! <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, in that case, then. So, any other? Uh, let's do. If there's any one more story you want to talk about, any any one more space semi topic that you guys want to? Is anybody? I've possibly got a bit of uh, news we didn't use, which news is we didn't um, use. Let's do that. Let's do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That. So, um, and now it's time for news we didn't use. Eve Valkyrie gets a new map and PlayStation 4 Pro support in the latest Gate Crash update. And that's literally all we've got. That's all the news okay, we didn't all right. Yeah, we, everything so. else, you know, there hasn't been a lot, you know. That we, well, we don't there has, but it's all been, Elite has aliens, Elite has aliens, Elite has, like, You cannot <laughs> go on a gaming news website without seeing, you know what like, else? Elite Elite's aliens. got aliens now. It's, Holy shit. Hey, really? if you know anything about that, uh, visit uh, squawk at guardfrequency.com. <laughs> Let us know if you've seen aliens, if you've heard of them, they interdicted you. Let us know. Squawk actually, at guardfrequency.com. On, on an elite note, I do want to say uh, another thing that they, is pretty cool that they are doing is in the next patch, they are adding a uh, Fisher station. Um, right, in yeah, honor Carrie, of Fisher, yep. Carrie Fisher. Carrie mm-hmm. Fisher. Uh, that's coming in 2.3, uh, along with aliens, apparently. So Coincidence? I think not. Well, colon incidents. Um, I just want to say to Floridan, because <laughs> nobody, nobody ever asks, yes, it is an acoustic bass guitar. It is lovely. Um, you normally only get them electronically. That one's acoustic. I'm quite proud of it. Anyway, sorry, carry on. Didn't you have the patch on there? I did at one point, yeah. Um, uh, it's, uh, it fell off, unfortunately. The the shoddy glue on the backing of these is just terrible quality. Terrible. So It's sticking fine on my things. That's that's true. That's true, but I tend not to iron things onto my instruments. Well, that there's tend- a problem right there. <laughs> there's a problem right yeah, there. Also, you take also an iron. Cloth for hats and 
uh, yes. garments is slightly more porous than a base, I would guess. This, so this is not yeah. my problem. This, you know, I mean, I, I, all I hear is complaints, shoddy workmanship, and glue, and he tries to use it for a purpose that it's not designed for. I, you know, I yeah. Mean, don't, don't come to Having- me. Having said that, we didn't have a star for the top of our Christmas tree, so I stuck one of the guard frequency patches on because it's got a star in the middle. Nice. Of it. Yes, and, and many I, stars on the outside, too. That's good. Exactly. I'll put so that on the top of the tree. A lot of flowers in it, right? <laughs> yep. many, lots and lots and lots and lots of flowers. And you sing the Christmas song around the Christmas tree. <laughs> that is true. So I put I put it on top of our tree, and um, uh, my fiance Hannah, she just decided like, no, that's not staying there. And I was like, look, if you don't put a star up there, this is living there. So as soon as you get an extra one, I'll gladly swap it out. But until then, the guard frequency thing is staying. It literally lasted the whole Christmas. So I'm <laughs> nice. really proud of that as well. <laughs> Uh, fantastic. It's a it's a versatile patch. You know, you put it on a it hat, is. you put it on a shirt, you put it on a Christmas Base tree. Guitar. The bass guitar didn't work out, so maybe yeah. it's going to need some work on that. Well, maybe I'm actually, actually going to put it on. It's got like a neck strap on it. I'm just going to put it proudly on there. That'll so. work. That'll work. And and yeah. and Ben is working on patch 2.0. Ha ha. He is. Ah, patch 2.0. Oh, patch 2.0. Yeah, we'll have yeah. patch 2.0. So uh, it, it, does that officially then become like for those who have these patches, it's guard frequency, but the other ones are guard frequency horizons, and then we've got to keep a separate version. Right, and we'll put colons in it. This, this next patch yeah. will have colons in it. There, guard frequency patch 2.0 colon. Horizons. Horizons, what? yes. Yeah. Well, that patch Let's has a horizon. 2.0. Let's hope patch point 2.0 isn't buggy. Well, oh. oh, yeah. oh. We should put bugs on it. I'll, I'll email Ben. I'll e- hang, on, uh, uh, hang on, I'll email Ben. <laughs> can we get a guard frequency buggy? Can we, can we <laughs> or a buggy, that, yeah. I could yeah. just have a, like, a, like a Conestoga wagon on it, yeah. Yeah. This is, yeah this, I love the patch we're making. I love the, I love the, <laughs> I love the patch we're going This is good. It's a collaborative effort. Team teamwork. So it's, it's very important. Very, very important. Speaking, right. speaking of patches, just a, another very very quick one. Sorry yeah. to keep going back to work. Um, has anybody played No Man's Sky since the latest patch update? Or oh, let me rephrase: Did anybody play No Man's Sky to begin with, other than me? I played it. Uh, I did it. I'm not I did, but I haven't I... played since the patch. Okay. Um, yeah. I just want to say for anybody who has played it and hasn't played it since the latest patch, I would urge you to patch up and go and play it because it has corrected uh, a heck of a lot of things that were wrong with the original base game. And I think if they just uh, held off on release just for a little bit longer and got all the patch features in there, totally different story at launch. In, they wouldn't have had the PR disaster that they have. Um, but now they've got bases, you can communicate with people, um, everything's just been given a, a load more polish and it's much closer to the game that we were promised rather than the, the game that was actually delivered. Um, and especially the, if you've uh, The first patch that came out or a second one? Is there? Uh, this one? is the very recent one. I think it was patch 1.9 was the official version. Okay, so there was another one after the one that added bases. I played the one that added bases. Yeah, there's there's been a little little one after that. It's just added a few little bits of polish. Um, now, I'd recommend the flight it. Flight model at all? Um, this new patch? The no, patch the flight model. Still about no Man's Sky is the flight model. Are the animals still pointless? Uh, well, they're tasty as well. Uh, <laughs> you can, uh, <laughs> no, Some of them do have horns, so they do have points. So yeah, yeah. yeah. The flight they, model is my real hang Okay, what is it about the uh, the flight model that you don't like? I mean, you, you can't really control your ship. You're skimming across the surface. You can't really like go down to the surface. You have to kind of pick a place that's landable, and then you end up there. You right. know. You know what I mean? It's very. It's it's not even arcadey to me. It's it's less than an arcade experience. It's very on rails. Yeah, it's on. That's a great word. It's on rails, and that's the mm. thing that bugs me about No Man's Sky. And, and I, I didn't like it for a lot of reasons when it first came out, but then when I played it with the updated bases and the new stuff, I thought, yeah, this is cool, but yeah. I still hate this flight model. 
Okay. Yeah. Well, if, if you like Henry and you don't like the flight model, then no, nothing's changed. It's still a crap game. But if you, uh, <laughs> if you were looking for something closer to the original that was uh, promised then... Although, to, uh, be, to be fair, it could be argued that the flight model was never a particular focus yeah, of No Man's Sky. It was much more um, interested in giving you an exploratory experience than it was a space flight yeah. sim experience. Yeah, absolutely. Osron's absolutely correct. I mean, the 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 space flight and the space combat mm-hmm. is like this is what you can do on your way to the new planet. This is there's something to do in the meantime. It's not this wasn't ever the experience that, that people were looking for. Have you guys seen Astroneer? That's that's like yeah. a good No Man's Sky. It's an alpha right now. It's a fantastic game. There's no flight in that. You basically click a, a button and it'll take you to orbit. Another button will take you to another planet and another button will land you. It's a bad flight model. But that's yeah, a terrible flight model. Is, well, there's <laughs> no flight model. There. Is great. Yeah, that's not a flight model. That's just that's yeah, uh, a transport, transport system. Yeah, yeah, quick transit system. But the you know that has everything that I wanted in No Man's Sky as far as exploration as far as mining and building and resource collecting, and it's an alpha, and it's a great game. Um, so check that out if you if you didn't like No Man's Sky. Uh, in fact, that I've, yeah. I've seen headlines that say, Yes Man's Sky is Astroneer's, Astroneer's <laughs> headline. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you ever want your game to be called a Yes Man game. It's a, you know, <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you get the, you get the idea. Yeah. Um, did anyone else unlock the Caterpillar skin in uh, Star Citizen 2.6? No. It, uh, 30 gigabytes, I haven't even begun to download it yet. So. <laughs> I've, I've still got to mail Jeff the CD. Poor Jeff. <laughs> Poor Jeff. I think it, it it might actually be over because it was only a two-week run since they announced the um, they, they announced it. So it may be actually be over. I'm not sure yet. They haven't made an announcement that it's over over or not. But if you got, you got, if you got to Wave 18, you got the ability to buy a um, Caterpillar that looks like a pirate ship. And uh, if you already had Caterpillar, you could CCU for free to the new one. Oh, cool, cool. That's um, pretty awesome. I don't think I've ever made it past something like Wave 13 on any of the swarms because I suck, quite frankly. <laughs> have you tried? The, have you tried the new model? It's very, uh, very different. I have. I've tried, but I've not like had a serious go at trying to get through the pirate. I've jumped in for a bit of quick action, but not anything. Can you use it, a trackball? Uh, yeah, <laughs> so well, I. I I use this. One other point on the news we didn't use, uh, same thing though, is if you got to the end of um, Vandal Swarm, it gave you the opportunity to buy another Glaive. So if you were still in that market, you might oh, want to try it. Okay. All right. Well, let's see, the thing is, I would say uh, the HOTUS for flight, but when it comes to doing the FPS side of things, surely you don't. Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. You know. Have you guys tried Star Marine? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. That's mainly where I've been living in. Uh, the game since 2.6 when uh, the lag isn't getting me um, I don't know if he's in fact I'm, I swear he hasn't even noticed but I just spot the names that kill me time and time again WTFosaurus every single time every time alright well uh, we've got plenty of raw audio for the for people to chew through here so let's uh, wrap this up with a community question uh, we're planning on doing uh, some uh, revamping on the Patreon uh, thing one of the things we're looking at is a elite flight school so would flying with guard frequency and guard frequency is a private uh, server and getting some lessons on mining, on engineering, on uh, combat, would that be something that would be an interesting Patreon perk? Do you think that would be uh, good for you guys? Let us know. 
Send an email to our email address, squawk at guardfrequency.com. That's what it is. That's right. Send an email or hit us up on Twitter or Facebook, whatever you find most convenient. Let or, us know what yeah. you think. Uh, Guard Frequency Flight School. Uh, we've been thinking about that for a while and, and offering that as a Patreon perk. So uh, let us know what you think about that. And uh, so other than that, uh, how was the show? Uh, are we good live or should we just go back to playing dead? Uh, we bag it, man. We yeah. bag it bad. <laughs> yeah. Either way, let us know. Here's how you can get in touch with us. Why not leave a comment on the show's post over at guardfrequency.com? Or you can hit us up on Twitter at guardfreak. Leave a comment and like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash guardfreak. If you're old school like us, shoot us an email to squawk at guardfrequency.com. You can also use the contact form on our website, and all the details for all the ways you can get in touch with us can be found in the show notes. Your feedback is an important part of what we do, so take a minute and tell us what's on your mind. And that brings us to the end of episode 150 of Guard Frequency. We'll be back with episode 151 on January 17th, so be sure to keep an eye out for us for our shows over at guardfrequency.com. But that's not all. You can also subscribe to our shows at feeds.guardfrequency.com or by searching for us on iTunes. And if you're not going to do anything Friday nights, then you can always join us live over at guardfrequency.com live. We start recording around 10 p.m. Central, which is 12 midnight Saturday, if you happen to be on the Turks and Kakos Turks Islands. Turks and Kakos Islands. Sure. Well, you know, do you like what we do? You want to help us make the best damn space sim podcast ever? Drop an email to uh, squawk at guardfrequency.com. And you can also support the show by visiting our website, clicking on the Patreon logo, and becoming a regular subscriber. For just a buck twenty-five, you'll get access to the raw recordings of our live shows, as well as being entered into our weekly draw to win some Guard Frequency goodies. We want to thank all of our Patreons who support us with their subscriptions week on week, and hope you consider making a regular contribution. The more support we get, the better show we can make. And are you looking for a friendly wingman or two? We're active in most space sims. We'd love to have you join us. Just check out our website and look under the call sign section for details on how you can fly with us. And don't forget about our sister production, Priority One. They cover all things Star Trek, from the TV series to the MMO, the novels, the movies, and everything in between. Be sure to check them out at PriorityOnePodcast.com. We like to thank the entire team at Guard Frequency and the Priority One Network. Thanks to our community manager, Justin Chivalry Bean Lowmaster. Our artists, Ben Sanders and Simon Charlton Edwards, and our staff writer, Jace Pentad. And, of course, our audio engineer, Mikey. Thanks to our syndication partner, The Bass. And a special thanks to Ronald Jenkins for his permission to use his music in our show. Visit RonaldJenkins.com for more of his work. But above all, we especially want to thank you folks for tuning in. No one's listening out there. The deep black gets pretty lonely. Reduce thrust. Contact three three zero. Carol one five. Squawk seven seven zero zero. Stay on the guard.